But if you feel like you're doing something naughty, you probably are. Yeah. Um, Which is a good rule in life. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Off Script, a podcast for the tech community. I'm here with Josh and today we're going to be doing a bit of a 2022 developer roundup. Nice to see you, Rio. How, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a busy year. So Everyone's coming back into the office. You know, things are ramping up again. Yeah. Looming recession. Yeah. Yeah. Can't yeah. forget that. A um, war. War. Economy in tatters. Yeah. But apart from that, um, that lettuce outlasted Liz Truss, <laughs> who's from Round Hay, which is just around the corner. Yeah, I mean, she said it was shit hole, didn't she? she said it's it was awful. really nice, though. I don't know what she's on about. The I mean, houses I, are I expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I, I might be biased, but yeah, I think it's all right. Um, so Dario lives opposite her dad, and it's a very nice area. Yes. Yeah. I, so she called it kind of the Bronx of, of North, <laughs> North Leeds. It's not. It's um, just nice. But I'm glad that she is no longer our Prime Minister, which is fantastic. <laughs> She's left the ghetto. She's left the ghetto. <laughs> um, yeah, she flew the nest. Um, but yeah, so it, it's been an interesting year. Um, I think there's been a lot of interesting tech things for us to tick through. Uh, as, as always, we're going to kind of go through the months, really, and things that were relevant to us. Um, in general, it's been quite nice to get back back to the office, I think, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's been really good, actually. There's, you get that sort of... Um, random effect where you just have these odd conversations that serendipity of yeah. just things and yeah you, you wouldn't normally overhear and you can get a bit lost in millions of slack messages can't you um, yeah I th- that whole um water cooler chat i i thought was kind of rubbish uh, and I, I now I, I do believe that it is important you know when you're making a brew or something you do chat to people in a slightly different light yeah well you know that they're not busy with something at that moment because they're making mm. a cuppa and you can just go hi how's it going and yeah. Ask them what they're getting for lunch and you just have a bit of a chit chat and then it leads on to other things and then you like yeah. oh. start working and adding other bits to their projects and And you find out things that you might not have found out about projects that you, you wouldn't normally ask about certain things. You're like, Oh, that's happening over there, is it? What's oh dear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you get a sense of what might be soon on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. interesting though, that always on um kind of mindset is, is still a bit of a challenge, I think. I was um traveling back from the shops with, with Else the other day and uh, she was like, oh, someone wants to call now. And like, you feel compelled to take it there. And oh, then it's yeah, like, yeah. actually, no, you're, like, you're allowed a lunch hour. You're allowed to do. Yeah, know. the lunch hour is making a return. Yeah. It's, it's kind of for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been yeah. booking it out, but you know. I did enjoy, um, I can't remember who posted it on LinkedIn, but there's that uh, company that was like, introducing uh, <laughs> the, oh, the yeah. recharge hour. Oh, yeah, the- you, you can go away from your desk <laughs> yeah. and like that's, you've invented the lunch hour. <laughs> yeah, well done. You, you've uh, invented uh, kind of general employee rights. There was a lot of backlash on that, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I very much enjoyed it, though. Um, so so should we should we start from, from the top yeah, of January? let's kick off with January. So uh, Inspect is a Figma plugin. And Figma's been really coming on recently, hasn't it? Yeah. So I did my wedding website stuff in Figma and I knocked together an email, Mm. like in not very long at all. And then there was like a plugin I can just export it as horrible HTML listed tables. (laughs) And it rendered in Outlook and all sorts. I'm joking. It's just like, wow. That's this is good. <laughs> that's quite. So basically, they've made Figma Dreamweaver, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but but I think that particular inspect uh, plugin could export to React and Tailwind and all sorts. So that's quite exciting. Obviously, news later in the year that Figma was acquired by Adobe. 
um, yeah. which was not met with as much uh, praise as they probably hoped. Yeah, well, hopefully it doesn't come under the cloud billing thing. Yeah. Creative cloud, which is secretly just loads of desktop apps. Yeah, <laughs> under one terrible subscription. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, Figma Figma's definitely been something I've been using a lot more this year. I, I still love Sketch. I've got, I've got to be honest. I've got a like soft it. spot. Yeah. yeah. Mainly because I bought it. <laughs> yeah. I feel bought into it. But yeah, I do, I do like Figma. It's good. Um, the other interesting news from January was Mozilla um, started to accept crypto donations and then immediately put a pause on them. I think they'd accepted crypto for a long while and mm. they just accidentally tweeted, <laughs> oh, by the way, some yeah. marketing intern and gone... Check out our crypto donation link, and then <laughs> yeah. the internet was like, "No." That's the problem sometimes when you you're missing the context of that how that how a trend's going in the tech sphere, isn't it? It's quite it's quite challenging. Um, so they stopped accepting them uh, almost immediately, I think, um, yes. and probably at the right time, I'd say, because it's just bad for the environment. Yeah, amongst other things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and another thing that happened in January, there's a really good blog post by Hilly DeVries um, on Web3. And this really struck a chord with me because I got really angry at Web3 um, because it isn't a thing. Yep. Um, and he published a really good blog post on the web doesn't have version numbers. Yeah, good post. Very good. I hate Web3 as a term. It's, it's just shy. Like Web2, Kind of, I kind of see what we were saying with that in terms of how it turned a genuine corner. But For me, Web2 was Ajax. It was... Yeah drop shadows and bubble design yeah <laughs> <laughs> but mainly ajax wasn't it yeah i think just the the way that you could bring kind of more interactivity and more kind of um componentized updates to pages that was quite a big change in how we built web apps but i i think bundling all the other horrible stuff under web3 um nfts other things like that they can go away yeah and i think we now know that even a decentralized in inverted commas, Web3 is completely centralized because <laughs> yeah. when someone goes bust, all your NFT stuff are falling. Yeah, um, yeah. And also, there's a reason that things like, you know, transactions and stuff are centralized um, because you kind of want to know where your money goes when it disappears. Yeah. Um, and then there's another thing around um, kind of uh, privacy and law and policy related uh, change uh, in Germany a state court um, ruled that Google fonts on your site breaches GDPR yeah that's interesting I mean they get your IP address so yeah and yeah. they're Google <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. I mean for a long time Google fonts has um, had a I don't know if it's had a bad rep but it's been definitely talked about a lot how Google fonts is a, a concern around privacy what, what Google are doing with that information um, yeah I think we'll talk about some of the kind of policy stuff later on in the year, but um, I thought it was particularly interesting because if if that was kind of wholesale banned or, or declared illegal, that, that's quite a big problem. Yeah, I think Google Analytics is still not compliant. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense yeah. uh, in terms of... And, and also, I think, how people use and leverage analytics. Um, you know, there's been a, a, a brilliant rise of more privacy-aware um, analytics platforms that don't yeah. collect everything. Like Fathom users. Analytics are pretty yeah. good. They're cool. Um, they, do, they do lots of good engineering posts about how they scale as well. Mm, nice. um, but yeah. I've been looking at um, Cloudflare's one as well. I've not turned it on yet. But, oh, nice. Um, they've, got, uh, they've got the Cloudflare analytics part of um, the pro plan. So I'm tempted to look at that too. I'll have to check that out. Um, February. What happened in February? Um, reducing the web's carbon footprint. So there was a post about optimizing social embeds. 
Yeah, this was an interesting one uh, because there's there's quite a lot of bandwidth used in things that um, end up being posted on the internet. And I think this was a really interesting take on how we can really optimize the, the kind of way that we... Um, embed our media and platforms so even things like optimizing images all the basic stuff but also optimizing generally kind of your um og um meta tags to try and, oh right yeah yeah so this kind of i guess falls under kind of green engineering um, responsibilities for people but yeah um it's definitely a really interesting article we'll, we'll chuck it in the show notes and take a read yeah i mean yeah performance is cost savings is energy savings isn't it they're all the same yeah there's been a rise in these um og image as a service libraries and stuff and if you've seen them oh um, i haven't yeah so oh, maybe i have actually so yeah. they like auto generate um i think they use ai as everything does these days yeah um they use ai to basically create that kind of og meta tags for your page nice quite cool we pulled them into the browser that we launched nice. called chat loop uh, and the feed is made up of open graph images at the moment uh, cool. um before yeah it's just a, a quick way to get that going before we let people do their own images and embeds. And yeah, that's quite good, bits. isn't it? Yeah. Nice. Um, what else happened in Feb? Um, building a greener web. Ah, this was the great talk from Michelle um, Parker, I think. Um, and it was just about the environmental impact of our sites uh, and other considerations you can take. So I guess following on from the kind of green engineering side of things, um, it was just a really good... Um, yeah, a really good uh, talk. I think it's about 20 minutes long. Um, yeah, just have a look. It's uh, It's got some little nuggets to take away and just kind of consider uh, for, for your next project. Awesome. Looks really good. Um, and, oh, the other thing that happened in Feb, which was quite an exciting time for the community, was that Netlify started sponsoring full-time open source dev for Eleventy. Oh, nice. Um, they got Zach Leatherman involved, I think. Um, I guess they kind of like acquired him and, yeah, yeah. and that. Um, but I think it was just, well, it wasn't the start, but it was um, a growing kind of popularity of acquiring really shit hot open source maintainers um, as kind of DevRel people, I guess. Nice. Um, but that's cool. And it seems to be working out really well. And what's nice is that Netlify, I like Netlify. I'm not, I've not been quiet about that, but yeah. they've not um, they've not made him just this Netlify salesman. Um, that he's still kind of doing what he loves on Eleventy, which is great. Nice. That's um, really cool. So, yeah. Uh, what help? What happened? Bleh, what happened in March? New Year, a new MDN. So MDN is the Mozilla Developer Network, yes. which has been the gold standard of resource on yeah. all things front end and browser. If if you get W three C, close the window and go immediately to MDN. It's yeah. the usual habit. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of crap. Um, on <laughs> yeah. the internet, isn't there? Yeah. What's the one that keeps coming up? W three schools or something, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, I hate it. So book her off. It's got loads of adverts on it. It's like what? and all the like. I'm sorry, but a lot of the examples are really outdated and they don't keep up a lot uh, with with a lot of the modern standards. Really, they've so. only just got scripts with jQuery, haven't they? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so MDN's been, as you said, the kind of gold standard. They did a huge refresh. Um, I think it was met with mixed emotions from the community. Half loved it, half hated it. That whole classic. Yeah, I like it. It looks nice. Yeah, I think um, I think it takes a little bit of time to get used to because you're so used to using the MDN docs over the years. Um, but I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, and it's nice to see that they're committing to, you know, MDN for the future as well because I know there was a concern for a while, wasn't there, about them? 
ditching it. Yeah, because they, they did mention at some point that they were going to reduce the number of people working on it. Mm. And that spooked everyone, didn't it? Yeah, everyone but, everyone got a bit scared about that. But they seem to have sorted that out, which is good. Awesome. Um, what else in March? Five web things that you don't need JavaScript for. So CSS has got a bunch more smarter. And yes. You can do lots of different state stuff now that you could you couldn't do before. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it works in all the browsers. So this is a really good post that just goes through a bunch of things that you 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 won't need JavaScript for these days. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. So um, we've got like animating SVGs, like um, sidebar states, like opening and closing, tooltips. Yeah, you, I mean, you must remember doing those old um, menus where you'd have to check it, like almost like a accordion style menus and all that sort of yeah stuff. All hell to to code, um, or or just really boring, monotonous things that are now part of these um, these kind of standards, which is good. Because you did used to have little hacks where you could like check an invisible checkbox in in the background, and that changes yeah. something, but. Yeah, it's just got a lot cleaner and nicer. Yeah, um, yeah. Luckily, we don't have to make those hacks anymore. Um, what else happened? Uh, CSS Tricks, and this is a site that we've linked to quite a lot. Um, they've been acquired by DigitalOcean. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Chris Coyer and his team are probably pretty happy about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's been plugging away at that for years, isn't he? It was just him for ages, just putting out content pretty much every other day, wasn't he? Yeah, it's quite impressive. If you'd said to me, you know, that's going to get acquired by a hosting company I wouldn't have believed you but um but it's quite again you know following on from the Netify thing it's quite cool to see um these kind of pillars of the industry investing in the community investing in resources for the community um I think it's only really positive news yeah I wonder what they'll do with it I guess they'll just keep it keep it going and just have a few digital ocean ads so, yeah. through it. just control all the ads <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, and also uh, another thing in, in March was that the US had announced plans to make daylight saving time permanent, um, which I think is an interesting consideration for us. T working with time zones and, and times in general are always a bit of fun. Um, there's always quirky bugs and interesting edge cases that you kind of miss. And I, I, I'm i not sure where this got to actually, but it's, it's interesting because we'd have to... There's a lot of kind of hacks, I think, that you'd have to kind of reverse or you'd have to refactor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, for us, it would be an absolute godsend because for IoT, <laughs> yeah. it's an absolute nightmare. I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> it's like the lights come on at this time, but that time is now a different time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's bad for um, people's mental health and well-being. Like the um, heart attack rates go up when you lose, that when you go back an hour. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's um, a masterclass on sleep, and he was talking about how bad daylight savings is for no way. people's health. Because that's the that's the only like global study, not study, but like mm. it's the only way that they can see the effects of sleep on health in oh, the population. Right. Um, so, although it's a bad thing, it's sort of proven the link between heart attacks and sleep. That's interesting. Um, but yeah. Did it mention the effect on programmers' mental health? Yeah, maybe there may be some of the heart attacks are people waking up to realise that they've uh, bodged their DST code, yeah. Well, the interesting thing, I was thinking, you know, could you just change the underlying implementation on the uh, on, on the language, for example, which is obviously what you could do. But yeah. the main problem is those educators where you kind of like, if DST, do this or that, and that would be a bit more difficult to unpick, I think. Yeah, um, I guess a lot of... Uh, program languages take the their DST stuff from the operating system. Yeah. So it should 
almost be like it's just permanently in or out. Yeah, if the OS fixes it, will cascade into the languages themselves and stuff. Yeah, yeah. in theory. But yeah, still <laughs> something will break. Yeah. Um, so moving on to April, um, what happened in April? Well, there was a Devs for Ukraine, which is an online charity conference. Um, so there's a big, big, big tech industry in Ukraine and um, a lot of very high-profile open source products yeah. and companies and they just had to stop for a bit yeah um, and we the internet rallied around them and and they did they did a bunch of talks and people donated um, and it all went went to some NGOs and humanitarian funds and yeah it was a nice thing yeah, I, I saw a lot of the the really um, kind of big devs on on Twitter and stuff tweeting about this, taking part in it. It was really amazing to see the community come together. Um, it, it kind of um, it was a, it was a weird one this because you know when the war um, started, uh, I was working with some engineers in Ukraine, and one of them carried on working. I was like, "Are you okay? What's happening?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm 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 fine. I'm I'm in hiding." Uh, and I was like, "Why are you at work?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, but you know in a way it was kind of the resilience of life goes on and, and just kind of people trying to crack on with, you know, with their lives was, was quite incredible. But yeah, that, that conference was really nice to see. Um, really nice to celebrate kind of the amazing talent that we have um, out of Ukraine and also supporting them financially through, through the war. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some big startups, uh, like you've got Grammarly and the GitLab have got strong Ukrainian ties. Yeah. I didn't uh, realize Grammarly was from Ukraine. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it affects it affects the internet, doesn't it? As yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, the other thing that happened in April was um, when I didn't realize this. When something gets deleted from um, from Twitter, Twitter actually yanks all of the tweet embeds over the internet from wherever they're embedded. Oh right, um, which was causing all sorts of weird um, quirks from people trying to embed stuff to to show context to something. Um, so if if a tweet's deleted that you embed, um, it will delete the entire embed from your DOM. That's weird because the embed itself has got the tweet text in it. Yeah, so it's really odd. So it go, do, does some JavaScript to go and get that and remove it from the DOM. Yeah, so I think it phones home and goes, oh, this doesn't exist anymore, and then just yanks the entire um, kind of node from, from the DOM, which is a bit cheeky, really, because... It is a bit cheeky. I think ultimately, if you're embedding something on your site, you should have control over what happens with that. But I guess that's a good lesson to learn. All oh, right. Did they roll that back? Uh, I don't know why. If you just found the opposite I'm of that one, just having a look. <laughs> <laughs> just doing a gander. Are all my sites broken? Um, well, that, that's that was something that um, someone had mentioned, but maybe they changed it. I don't know. Or maybe because Elon's taken over Twitter now, it's neither working or working. Um, it's hard to say. Schrodinger's in bed. Uh, <laughs> Um, while you check that, I'll just. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I'm also looking at DuckDuckGo for Mac, which launched. Yes. Uh, which yes. I completely missed, but I assume that's a Chromium based. Yes. Um, as fork. Else. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of relatively similar Chromium based forks going on at the moment. Yeah, what's the, the latest one? I forget what it's called. Um, um, there's, the most interesting one I've seen is there's a. a it's called the browser company in New York. Right. They've made a really fancy one, uh, like loads of nice animations. Oh, like, nice. It's like it's quite different from your out the box Chromium. Oh, right. But then you you type Chrome colon slash slash extensions and dig in, and it's it's all the old <laughs> stuff underneath. <laughs> oh, right. And it's like we've got ad blocking, but it's secretly just ad block plus. Oh, right. Extension, yeah, extension added in there, but yeah, nice. 
No, yeah, it's pretty cool. It is good to see the kind of rise of these different takes on a browser, um, but also different takes without a lot of the same concerns that we had with, you know, the IE days where we had completely different rendering engines and things that we'd have to work around to try and negotiate the different browser support. But my major concern is we're just doing the same thing with just with Chromium. So yeah. it's one engine. Mm. Firefox is still going mm. and then they have, they are still keeping up mostly. But yeah. Yeah, nobody uses Firefox today. And then you've got Safari as well, but that's still kind of... That's WebKitty, but they forked off now, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's, I, I do wonder what it'll look like in 10 years' time, because the last 10 years have been quite uh, quite incredible progress in the browser kind of space. It'll be interesting to see where we are in 10, 10 years. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also in April, a US um, court um, had reaffirmed that web scraping is legal, which is an interesting legal battle, I don't know if you followed it at the time, but um, it was quite an interesting kind of court case because uh, there's lots of conversations about what 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 was really in the public domain and what was ownership, you know, law around that like, because, um, you know, I think, I don't know if you've ever written a web, web scrape before, I've written quite a few. I have, yeah. Yeah, um, that's how I sort of got into web programming, scraping bits and pieces yeah. off sites. It was fun, wasn't it? It was fun, but it didn't, you know now there's lots of considerations like GDPR and um, you know if you're if you're taking um, personal information, even if it is publicly published, um, you're then um, falling into the realms where the ICA will start to want to talk to you around if you're a processor or you're a you know controller and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I mean yeah, I I think the fact that web scraping is legal is correct. Yeah, um, I agree. And yeah, if, but if you feel like you're doing something naughty, you probably are. Yeah. Um, which is a good rule in life really. yeah, I think so. <laughs> the yeah. law and morality are not the same <laughs> <laughs> indeed um so moving on to may uh, what happened in may um you had all day hay yes and it went really well mm. and it was all packed and it was nice to see everyone back so nice to see it full yeah and people there and happy and enjoying it yeah and the av setup was on point all yes. the speakers were Fantastic. Mm. Had an amazing speaker dinner at Ox Club. Yes. I'm not paying you to say this, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't drink too much booze. So yeah. Didn't, was... didn't overcook it, which was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was lovely to see everyone there. And thanks to your help as well. Yeah, no, that's quite well. I was acting as doorman that day. Yeah, yeah, did a good job. Everyone got in who was meant to and didn't. Who didn't. Not coming in with those shoes, mate. Operator streak. I'm not sure if that would work for a bunch of engineers and dancers and stuff. Yeah, I don't think anyone will be wearing smart shoes. No, I don't (laughs) think uh, smart shoes is is, is a thing at conferences. Um, Cool. What else happened? Um, There was a really good post on cool things that people do with their blogs. So blogging is making a comeback because everybody hates Twitter and social (laughs) social media companies in general. Yeah, Um, but yeah. People have realised that, oh, you, you remember when you used to be able to make your own website? And yeah. then they're doing that again. I I like that, though. You know, I think um, I've started to think, because I'm, I'm doing that thing where I'm cross-posting to Twitter and Mastodon now. And I'm like, hey, should I just add, like, a feed to my site that syndicates to that? Um, yeah. Andy Andy Bell did a really good um, post on this where he's got that now. Um, it kind of makes you realise, oh, well, sh- I should own my content. I should own my thoughts. Maybe I need to start... Use my my personal blog again. Yeah, that makes total sense. Is Mastodon good? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can see from the look in your eye. I didn't immediately fall in love with it, but do you know what? The community there is a lot better. Right. So what you found out is the people on Twitter who are just arseholes 
haven't really bothered to move over to Mastodon right? because they love the toxicity of Twitter. Okay. But the people on Mastodon are there to generally share thoughts and generally there to work as a community a bit more. Um, maybe it's my echo chamber of the people that I follow on there. I don't know, but yeah, I, I really like the disputed nature of it. Um, I really like the whole protocol of which it runs on. Um, there's some super cool tech behind it. Uh, you should look into it, but... Yeah, defo. Because um, I'm wondering, do we add it to chat loop or something like... I think As if it could be a chat, yeah, chat that could be a Mastodon client. I don't know too I, much about the ins and outs. I think you need to look at it um, because, um, well, it's all based on this open standard um, of, of how the, I forget what it's called actually, um, but it's how the data syndicates to all the different Mastodon servers and how you can have followers on different servers and stuff. Um, I need to remember what it's called. Um, nice. But yeah, so it's it's worth looking at. Um, but then you, I'm seeing, I guess there's some issues with people being able to read DMs and stuff. Um, there's a bit of confusion for me in the interface because it, like it's not it's not as usable as Twitter was. Obviously, you know there's a there's a barrier to entry. You've got to pick a server. Yeah. And you can move servers and stuff. You can also set your own server up if you want. Yeah. Um, Phil Hawksworth had a really good uh, domain hack where he you can get your own username at your domain but not host a Mastodon instance. Right. Okay. Uh, little Netlify redirector he he created. But yeah, I think um, what what should, what kind of turned my head a little bit was I was starting to see some Guardian columnists moving on to Mastodon and using that as their primary platform to publish content. And nice. so I think people are, regardless of where you go, people are just sick of Twitter and Elon just fucking about with it. Yeah. So I kind of miss IRC to be honest. Yeah, well, you know, like the like the personal blog, I think we're seeing a lot of, you know, original trends coming back. Like I was having a chat with James, uh, a friend who runs a marketing agency, and um, he's like, yeah, I think really should look at um, like made this main list thing. I was like, oh, it's, do you know what's fucking depressing? We've gone full circle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to main list again, which is great because it's all about ownership and, and, you know, that sort of subscribership. But Yeah, emails and IRC. Yeah. Let's bring it back. <laughs> exactly. Uh, moving on to June. Yep. So CSS Day is back in real life. I think they did a virtual one the year before. Yes. Um, and yeah, that was in Amsterdam and that looks really good. Yes, I really want to go to this one actually. It looked like a really nice day. Um, yeah, it just looks great. Um, and I, I really need to get to Amsterdam. I love Amsterdam as well, which helps. Um, we went there on your stag do, uh, yes. which would be a very different sort of weekend, I imagine, <laughs> to going to a tech conference. Yes, it would. Um, yeah. But yes, it was good nonetheless. Yeah, I'm still recovering from that, emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the only other notable thing, or not the only other notable thing, uh, another notable thing was the uh, Internet Explorer browser was retired. Yeah, so this is really good news because it would just not die. Uh, And even better news is that they're secretly, well, not so secretly, but in an edge update, there's some kill switch code coming that actually goes and gets it and fucks it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So if, yeah, some clever people are trying to make sure that it stays installed, but the edge update will just kill it off, which is amazing. Yeah, so that's going to screw most of the NHS, uh, which is good. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's less good. Yeah. Um, well, they're still running on Windows XP, so I don't think they'll have an Edge update. So <laughs> Yeah, I think they're probably okay, actually, aren't they? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's so riddled that um, it'll be fine. Um, I've just um, I've just looked it up, by the way. It's um, W3C's Activity Pub um, standard which for Mastodon. Oh, nice. Um, you should look at it because that's actually really cool in terms of how the data is syndicated. Um, it's very cool. Sweet. Um, uh, so have a look. Um, 
The other thing I liked was Stranger Things, uh, the new series of Stranger Things came out in June and they had a hacking scene that featured Flexbox. I think they just need to get someone that it knows what's going on. Well, <laughs> I, I'd i like to believe the opposite here. I think it was someone who knew exactly what it was and wanted to plant a little Easter egg. Do you think so? I'd like to think so because if you know what Flexbox is, yeah. you probably know. I mean, that screen grab looks a bit Atari toss, doesn't it? yeah. I mean, so. it was cool to see, because it got people talking, it got people angry yeah, <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, but I, I did like that it had um, had Flexbox as part of the hacker screen. It was nice. quite enjoyable. <laughs> um, whatever you'd be fla- hacking with Flexbox, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, and then in June, there was also WWDC. Yes, that's on the list for me. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, yeah. Loads of cool tech sessions um, and yeah. WebKit's obviously coming on leaps and bounds. They're just adding more and more stuff. Yeah. Uh, push notifications is coming to iOS Safari. Mm. Um, yeah. I I did like as part of that um, WWDC, um, kind of one of the sessions was on um, human interface guidelines, uh, which I don't know if you've seen them. They're, they're fantastic. Oh, I'm sure I, you have. I've, yeah, I've always been eyeing up the, the HIG, HIG guidelines thing. Uh, yeah, it's just been great. They've They've got it absolutely right from day one and they just keep evolving it yeah i think um well of course you have because you're building a, an ios app so i'm sure i'm sure you know <laughs> but yeah i think it's um i think it's great it's, it's such a it's basically a human interface bible isn't it uh, in terms of the kind of standards that are laid out in it i think it's pretty pretty incredible because it explains why it's doing certain things as well and the um like when you have like the the screens that come in front of other things, yeah. and you want that subtle 3D motion of yeah, yeah. something moving back. It's to give people a sense of depth and what's happened. Mm. Um, and MacOS was always really good at this. Like it was very, very OTT, but yeah. when you did minimize and it did that sort the of genie effect. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you knew where it was because yeah. it showed you. Yeah, and it's like those little interactions. Yeah, it's not. They're not always gimmicky, are they? And I think um, the good thing is that obviously that's based off significant research in that space. Yeah. You can tell I'm getting excited because I'm waving my arms around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, genies! Ooh. <laughs> when when I first saw that, I was like, "Fucking hell!" <laughs> yeah, I I I do um, I do like the amount of research that's kind of linked to it that too um and also they mentioned apple pass keys didn't they which is hoping to kill the password it will never die but hopefully (laughs) yeah i I don't see it replacing passwords just because of the the sheer challenge of doing that but um i do like um like the whole approach with pass keys um especially you know with the support into password managers and all that sort of stuff yeah hopefully just make um all these sorts of things less of a consideration for the user and more of just a technology solved problem um because yeah even stuff like two-factor, um, it's it's still a bit arduous for a user, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like you just need some big, like it, Mozilla would be like a good per, like good organization, not mm. person. What am I talking about? But yeah. like, you want you don't want Apple or Google to solve it. You want yeah. like a found. You want the web to solve it. You right? want W three C to really be involved. Yeah. In that, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Apple Mozilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of W3C, um, they uh, became a public interest not-for-profit organization, which, Interesting. Was, which was good. Um, so obviously W3C founded by Tim Berners-Lee. I thought it was before, was it not? Yeah, I thought <laughs> so as well. But I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the regardless of any sort of profit-making activity, they've managed to remain um, a kind of unbiased source for standards, right? So, yeah. Awesome. 
July. Um, July. Um, so yeah, there was a really good write up on the online safety bill. Yes. Um, usually the UK government gets tech very very wrong. Yes. And this time they have disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I think it's interesting because there is uh, an amazing um, kind of activist or or kind of someone behind policy called Heather Burns, um, who isn't isn't terrible. Um, she has incredible knowledge in this space and actually done a really good write-up um, on, on the online safety bill and, and kind of what it means for you. Um, what I really liked about it is it talked about, in kind of more plain language, so uh, the online safety bill's around four new um, criminal offences, essentially, and it was how that can affect kind of stuff that you're building apps for, what it, what it means to us as developers as well. Um, yeah, so the bill was aggressively promoted as being about attacking big tech and yeah. tech giants, but actually it's not. It's yeah. getting regular people that <laughs> are doing things online that the government doesn't want you to do, Yeah, um, which is bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, I mean, it was not very long ago that the UK government were trying to ban encryption, which is also... yeah incorrect <laughs> well this is this is um you know there's there's always some amazing memes and tweets and everything that comes off the back of these sorts of things but ultimately it's super dangerous having people that don't understand these technologies uh you know behind the helm of, of policy and law um it, it's it's a scary space to be actually i've only really realized that working a bit more logically actually because online safety bill obviously affects a lot of what we try and do um in terms of promoting that online discourse and trying to find bad actors and yeah i mean this is a this definitely a, a over the holidays thing but I'd, I'd quite like to read the entire bill at yeah. some point <laughs> yeah um, maybe, maybe glass of glass of port just to help you digest yeah, that one I think so yeah <laughs> but it's it's interesting and and you know I, I do believe you can't we can't really ignore this sort of stuff and it's our responsibility not necessarily to get involved in policy but to really understand the impact of these sorts of bills yeah i mean it, yeah her post also mentions vatmos do you remember that <laughs> oh, yeah i mean that was like a, a few years of hell yeah um yeah, but no. this is the thing. I mean, the the best example of this sort of stuff just going terribly wrong is the whole cook up cookie pop up yeah. bollocks. Um, yeah, yeah, it just um, you know everyone ignores them. They they don't do what they're meant to do. Um, that that whole kind of movement was just really badly implemented. At least that kind of had the right idea. Like it was, it had a noble don't goal. De- don't de- <laughs> don't defend. <laughs> it was like you know we want to protect people online. Yeah, but then. After that bit, <laughs> sentence two question mark profit, yeah. <laughs> something like delete that. cookies. Yeah. What that's um, not how that works. No, um, and the only other thing that was notable for me during July is Heroku had an absolute shocker of a time with downtime uh, and, and issues. Um, I um, I ended up moving off Heroku, all my apps off Heroku after this. Um, I got super pissed off with the lack of transparency. Um, and the flakiness of the services, um, which was quite good because it, it allowed me to kind of review what what I was running on there, what I was paying for, um, what I could move to serverless or Netlify and things. Yeah, really. I good. mean, old Heroku would have live blogged yeah. everything and explained what was happening. Well, they started they started live blogging it on the status site, um, and then after a little while, they were like, "We'll get back to you." Right. <laughs> And then it dropped off a cliff for something like 45 days. No, that's not good. Um, and even though I think they, the, the apps returned like a few days later, I think it was due to um, uh, an OAuth um, 
well, one of one of the issues was they got a no auth breach. I feel like their legal team internally went shut it down, but that's yeah. not good. Because no. then you don't know what's going on. Well, you know, with any sort of security uh, incident, you want that transparency. You want to know what's happened. Yeah. Um, and I think the fact they went completely silent just made me freak out even more. Because you're like, do I need to change all my keys or not? Yes, no, let me know. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I yeah. think I think I got like a, a month later, I must have got an email saying, here's what happened. You're like, this is too late. Yeah. Can't respond this way. That's bad. So yeah. So sorry, Heroku. I loved you at one point, but uh, you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. And then that moves us on to August. Yes. Which was a very busy month because I got married. Yes, a very busy month for you. Good. Um that was that was the one item off the to do list ticked. Yeah, yeah. But that's only been on the to do list for a few years now and just keeps shoving it along. A little bit of scope <laughs> creep on that one, wasn't there, I think? Yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> COVID. Uh then the venue burnt down. <laughs> apart from that it was all good I think um, I was kind of wait, watching it like a sitcom just, just seeing what would happen there you guys had a, a real bad run of luck but do you know what on the day you would never have known any of that it happened. was beautiful sunny very chill I, yeah. feel, I do feel like the universe kind of went do you know what I'll let you off we'll let you off yeah, on this yeah. one it is a bit of sun <laughs> uh, and it was great it was lovely um, and we had some fantastic food at um, the Star Inn wasn't it yeah it was lovely it was good uh, Andrew Pern cooked us up some grub which yeah. nice. And he made his barbecue the night before. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. That was lovely. Great. Lovely. What um, else happened in August? Uh, there was an update to Chrome's DevTools, Chrome version 105, because everyone's using Semver really aggressively these days. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. everything's a breaking change. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was good. It's got some mouse over events in the recorder panel, it's got a bunch of largest content full paint calculations. Um, you could set breakpoints as well, couldn't you, um, in some of the kind of flows, which was really helpful. Um, so I think DevTools now is is just so, like, you, you, I know you couldn't do without it, but I, we remember the days when you used to, with, when Firebug had to be like added yeah. as a... Hotlink Firebug from a CDN. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but can you, like, you know, what what's amazing is these DevTools are, are basically IDEs in their own right now, aren't they? And, and they have the best tools because they're so closely linked to the runtime which you know everything kicks off in so yeah it's pretty amazing how how far they've come um and i, I guess that's one of the reasons that we love chrome right yeah yeah no it's really good um and yeah chrome dev tools are just way ahead of safari in a lot of ways yeah um, yeah but yeah um also um jeremy keith um posted a really good uh post on um the various no-code tools that are out there in the wild. And there's a really good article talking about the kind of professional versus expressionist approach. Um, so kind of like, you know, we are professionals in our industry. We cut code. That is what we spent a lot of time honing our skills on. How does that um, kind of match with these no-code tools that allow you to express yourself really quickly? I think they're great. Yeah. Webflow is amazing. We're going all in on Webflow at Parallax mm. um, because it just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't spend your engineering time where you can not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and they've got great APIs and you can, if you want to do a backend and push data into it, you can do that. Mm. But yeah, we want our front-end devs making engineering applications that can't be made with no-code tools mm. or AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything else, every, every conversation now has to have the or AI <laughs> qualifier. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but no, I, I agree. I think I think you know if you're looking 10, 15 years ago, people are like, I want one of them, and you go, okay, I'll make that for you, and you'll you'll go away and you'll code it for a while. But now, a lot of these kind of no code tools have these templates out of the box and they actually work. You know, yeah. there, there was a time when these sorts of site builders were really shit. And it doesn't chuck out code that you would be yeah, horrified about writing yourself. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm often horrified with my own code. So, um. <laughs> yeah, you know that you wrote it, so you're even <laughs> <Yeah>. more scared. <laughs> I was actually reading that Joel Spolsky um, article because everyone's kicking off because Elon talked about... Um, we, we should rewrite the whole of Twitter. I don't oh, think yeah. saw that. And Joel on Software's blog had that classic article about don't rewrite. Yeah. Because, yeah, each line of code, each horrible workaround is actually a day of a customer ringing up. Literally. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he, then an engineering team unpicking it and then someone designs it. And then, yeah, he just, he just, that whole things you should never do part one is the article. You should read it. Um, there's a great, there's loads of good quotes. When you throw away code, and start from scratch you are throwing away all that knowledge all those collected bug fixes years of programming work and it's so true um so i don't know what took me on this tangent sorry (laughs) but you definitely need to read it um and the other thing that uh, i was reminded of in august was um github's um what's your first github contribution tool i don't know if you if you've done this but i did it oh i've just done it now mine was was 11 years ago and it was a pull request against css wizardry slash vanilla oh there we go so is that harry's old css framework or something like that maybe Uh, i think it was wasn't it yeah one of his old ones and he closed it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a oh. good story, isn't it? Well, that, that was um, a valuable That can't be my first pull request, surely. <laughs> um, um, but I was doing a lot of SVN and mainly uh, this right. stuff. But. Yeah, probably using uh, all sorts of horrible SVN tools. <laughs> uh, mine, actually, I was surprised to see was a contribution to Rails. Nice. Uh, a a, a uh, documentation fix to Rails. Um which is good because that's probably one of my first and only <laughs> contributions to Rails. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry to hear that your first contribution on GitHub maybe got, got closed. <laughs> yeah. I have to have a chat with Harry about that. Oh, there's a load of cool stuff in here that I'd forgotten I'd ever touched. That's really cool. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Um, Trip down memory lane. Yeah, well, I, I quite like that sort of stuff because you kind of you kind of forget where you've come from a little bit in terms of all the stuff that you've learned and the stuff that you now take for granted. Um you know, there's often a lot of talk about more senior engineers within the industry. Um, it's really less about the code and more kind of the learning process that you go on, I think, um, yeah. over time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so September, uh, what happened in September? Um, the source code of WebKit was now, is now managed on GitHub. Oh, so, nice. yeah, so people can contribute through there. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's just a nice place to work, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, GitHub's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i not working with it as much as I'd like at the moment because um, some of the clients that I'm working with use uh, Bitbucket and uh, GitLab and other things like that. And every time I use them, I'm just reminded of why they're a poor man's GitHub. Yeah. I mean, WebKit stuck with SVN for the longest time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's not very nice to work with, but the people found their workflow and everyone secretly used Git anyway. Yeah. Uh, with Git SVN, didn't they? Yeah. And then you'd use Git locally and then <laughs> yeah. check it into subversion because reasons. Um. But that goes to show, you know, um, how important process is to engineers. Uh, you've, yeah. got, you've got to get it right. Uh, otherwise, productivity or the, the kind of want to work with something just drops off, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else happened in September? 
Um, another thing that I liked, uh, Heather Burns, who I mentioned earlier, um, launched a book um, covering data privacy and kind of how to understand it and stuff. Um, again, you know, Heather's a really good tech policy expert. Definitely have a look at that in the show notes. Um, there's just loads of interesting takeaways. Um, I, as I said before, I do think the best way to kind of work with this sort of stuff is to really understand the policy and, and try and influence it, uh, you know, where possible in the right direction. Because ultimately, I think the voice of a community who are going to have to adhere to policy and work with these policies is super important. So just like it's important to vote in your local election, I believe it's very important to to be vocal about these policies and where, they, where they're right and where they're not right and so on. Oh, nice. I'll have to add that to the reading list. Yeah, definitely worth uh, having a look at. Um, what else happened in September? Uh, so one thing that did happen is Chris Coyer uh, gave a talk um, dubbed the web is the web is good now. Oh, nice! <laughs> um, which kind of uh, resonates a lot with some of the things we chatted over the last few episodes, really. Yeah, because we our first podcast episode was was the web better ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we said no, <laughs> but we did miss a few bits. But yeah, the web is getting good. Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah. Like I remember, yeah, like Cipher and like embedding flash files so you could have a title in a different font. Yeah. And well, now like it's just all built in and it's just works. And isn't that mad that we used to have like hundreds of flash embeds just, yeah. just S- for that? Some proprietary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what? <laughs> so so for those who aren't, aren't familiar with it, so Cipher basically took uh, a chunk of text that you wanted in a custom font when custom fonts weren't supported on the web. And then what it did is it took each glyph <laughs> yep. and replaced them with a flash movie with the correct embedded font yep. in it at the right size, the right base, the height, and everything. Was, and you think you could even select the text, couldn't you, and it, copy it? it? That is an absolutely batshit <laughs> solution. But do you know what? It worked really well. Yeah. Um, and then there was QFON later, which was the same, but uh, Canvas. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, like like you did with PDFs and, and PDFJS, you know, yeah, yeah. these really JS amazing PDF. creative solutions. Um Sorry, yeah. I like how you could just Sorry. Bane of my life. Yeah. Uh. But you know, like that that did something that wasn't possible. And uh and, and I just love the creativity of the community when they don't accept that something won't work. Absolutely. Which is great. And um, the web finds a way. The web finds a way, yes. <laughs> uh, and then Cloudflare launched their uh, SVG support for images. Um, so it can store, compress, deliver SVG files, which is good. Uh, it already does like WebP and all the rest, doesn't it? Um, Cloudflare's um, Cloudflare's Edge has become incredibly powerful over yeah. the last few years. Well, they've got workers now, and yeah, they're getting really powerful. Um, and yeah, a bunch of people running serverless applications have got a database. Yeah, all sorts of weird and wonderful um, video tools as well. Yeah. Um, I heard their database is SQLite based. Oh, really? Yeah, which I found interesting. That's I don't really know cool. how that scales or. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it's not our problem. Yeah, but <laughs> that's that's for them to sort. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> SQLite, no way. Yeah, um, there were we did some Leeds Digital Festival stuff because that was September as well. Ah, uh, so we did a Dali event, which was really well received. Um, we wrote the brief to send to Leeds Digital Festival using AI, <laughs> and we generated the cover image using Dali as well. Brilliant. And submitted that, and they accepted it. So then we did the talk. <laughs> that only feels like uh, yesterday, and that was, what, three months ago? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but it was before Dali had an API, so we built a scraper, Yeah, and we had like a screensaver thing where 
um, people would sit in the audience, scan the QR code, enter a prompt, yeah. and it comes up in like a little screensaver thing. That's cool. You remember the old Mac screensaver with a sort of like yeah, float yeah. up, and then it spins around. Nice. But yeah, I just found some CSS that did vaguely that and hacked it together. But yeah, it was the only talk I've done where people just sat in silence afterwards for about <laughs> half an hour just typing prompts in. Yeah. Like, they were just, yeah. That's great. Because a lot of people hadn't experienced it then. It yeah. was quite new. It's quite cool to do it in that kind of in an event style. As well. You need to open source that little um, implementation you did, if you can. Yeah, I will. And I can actually take the scraper out and put the real API. Oh, yeah, because they launched that. Yeah. Um, and then we did a design event and also a Beamer event. Um, but, yeah, it was a busy, busy month for digital stuff in Leeds. Yeah, you had quite you had quite a few events on. Um yeah, I was sad not to get involved in the digital festival this year. I just kind of bring a bit a bit uh, thin on time, but you guys had had so many events on. Uh, it looked brilliant. It looked great. It was good. So October, uh, yes. BT Conf was on. Yeah, I mean we talked about this on on the previous um, podcast, so I won't go on too much. But I absolutely loved my trip to Berlin. Uh, there's a whole podcast that we did on this, uh, summarising the amazing talks and my time in the city. Um, yeah. It's great. I love good, Berlin. good kebabs. Great um, kebabs, great burgers. Um, they're quite good at beer as well. Yeah, they do a good, a good stein. Yes. Uh, Google brought passkey support to both Android and Chrome. Yes. So um, we're seeing more and more effort over the year. People committing to you know these solutions to essentially stopping bad security hygiene by accident by users who who don't care or don't know better really yeah um, i need to dive into the tech on this because it does look like there are some open standards that underpin it um, yeah if you look at apple's um wwdc uh thingy on it um it's the whole session talks about you know it is it is quite non-apple specific obviously apple have implemented it really nicely yeah um but the idea is that this is something that anyone on the web can pick up and use and the problem is that because of the way that these big tech giants work, Google's not going to go, great idea, love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but you know, I think we are starting to see some um, some kind of, I was about to use the word synergy then. And I, I, I <laughs> synergy. Stopped, <laughs> stopped myself. Linking my hands together yeah. in a um, synergistic way. But you are starting to see some really good collaboration yeah. between these giants. That's good. Which is good. Not synergy, though. They are not <laughs> not posting on LinkedIn. Uh, the CSS Working Group has published a couple of drafts. One is the View Transition API. Yes. Um, and the other is Scroll Linked Animations. So the View Transition API, i.e. Internet Explorer had this for ages. Yes. And it was awful. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it was a DirectX transform something or other. And you could do like... Um, Basically, all the effects or horrible effects you could do in PowerPoint between <laughs> between pages, and people would just slam that in, um, which was awful. It didn't take off, did it? No, oddly. But this is this is more better. So this is like um, you could have the the same elements on two pages and yeah. how it how it transitions between the two. Yeah, so you go from an index page to a view, and you save a lot of um, yeah rendering compute power and things like that. Yeah. Jake Archibald's done a set of fantastic posts on this. You should definitely have a look. Um, talking about how you can achieve that single page app feeling, but obviously with completely separate pages using that view transition API. So, I like that. Um, kind of, again, going full circle here in terms of going back to multi-page. What are they calling multi-page sites? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a website. You, you remember multi-page sites, <laughs> yeah, don't you? Uh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah it's, it does feel like we can feel full circle. Yeah, um, I think so. Um, but, you know, it's all good. It's all in the right direction. It's all about creating better standards for these sorts of behaviours. So, yeah. But you you can imagine a day where a front-end dev will think, oh, this is great. You can you get history out the box. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of mad. Yeah, you get a JavaScript error on one page. It doesn't fuck the other one. Yeah. It's great. It really is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> we had that before. <laughs> Um, also, the uh, Wayback Machine turned 21, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, which um, I love Wayback Machine. Um, I think it's amazing. Yeah, that needs to stay alive forever. I don't know about you, but I've found projects that I've long forgotten about in there, you know, like things that I've not even got the source for before. You know, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and I can find old blog posts from sites that don't exist and yes. things like that. Yeah, I saw a really cool thing that used Wayback Machine to compare diffs of when... Um, when government and private companies were changing the wording on articles ah, okay. over time. Yeah, yeah. And you had this little slide. I can't remember if I can find it. I'll put it in the show notes. But you like dragged the slider across time. And you could see how either a lawyer had got involved or something <laughs> and like reworded it. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the backbone of the internet, I think, because uh, Wikipedia runs on citations. Yeah. Uh, interesting tweet the other day from someone who said, if you want to change your name on Wikipedia, you have to have, say it in an interview. <laughs> I saw that, <laughs> like, yeah. um, But that tweet got so much attention that that counted as the citation. <laughs> um, so she could get a name updated. But she was like, don't worry, I'm not dating someone while married. Or, <laughs> but yeah, they, they got it updated. But yeah, if without Wayback Machine, um, yeah, you've got no accountability and no. anyone could change anything. Yeah. Um, Which is one of the good things about the web, but also the bad thing in terms of affecting history and things like that yeah absolutely <laughs> uh in november then so you had the hey presents social yeah which is quite boozy yeah it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? it was uh, like that like conference it was nice to get everyone together um it was really busy um i, I was a bit nervous if i'm honest i wasn't sure if there's an appetite for social but yeah uh, i saw a few people rocked up halfway through I'm like sorry we missed the talks i'm like no it's fine <laughs> yeah. it wasn't talks yeah, it's, it's like, just can, booze <laughs> i can give you a talk if you want but it won't be very helpful yeah chew your ear off about ai in a second mate don't worry <laughs> yeah don't mention gpt for you you'll you'll never get rid of him yeah exactly um, um but no it was, it was really nice uh, we also um soft launched the conference tickets off the back of that and uh, we've actually already sold a quarter of the conference tickets that's great that's really good um, which is amazing because we haven't even launched the lineup yet uh, that's going to be coming in january but um i am super excited looks like a good that. lineup i'll try not leak it uh, <laughs> <laughs> finding my mole <laughs> Um, and yeah, um, return of FFConf in November as well. Uh, we did a uh, wrap-up uh, podcast on this too, um, and it was lovely. Um, so I won't talk too much about that, but Remy and Julie did a, an outstanding job of bringing that back into real life. Yeah. Um, it and was, it um, inspired me to dig out the Game Boy stuff. Oh yeah, of course. And actually compile code for the Game Boy, which did, I was quite happy with. Yeah, because you, uh, you did your advent of code challenges uh, on the Game Boy emulator. I did a couple of them, yeah. Um, just ported it across to mm. C. I've uh, been learning C a bit more, because yeah. I think the more you learn about C, the more you realise how everything fits together mm. and why language is so weird. I've always wanted to dig into it, because Ruby's obviously built in, in C, and yeah. I'm really interested. It's good, but yeah, it's basically like a, a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quick yeah. but careful yeah yeah i mean um yeah i think you did a few tweets on the uh on the game boy um advent of code stuff so definitely look at rio's twitter if you're interested in that but um 
Yeah, and um, I also uh, got very kindly to go asked to go on a, a podcast called Another Idea, um, and we talked about creativity, and we talked about um, kind of because it's, it's actually a podcast for, for photographers and, and like creatives like that. Um, so it was a bit um, a bit of a wild card getting kind of an engineer on from from an, a different industry, but we talked about the commonalities between creativity and how I, I think you know engineering and programming is one of the most creative things you can do yeah 100 um, percent. so it's quite a good chat so take a look at that if you're interested nice um then there's a load of um, web sustainability resources which mm. look really cool um yeah. yeah we'll put it in the show notes but yeah with the clp 27 climate change summit taking place really important to sort of keep that in mind sort of a theme of green engineering this mm. year but yeah we will we'll stick that in the show notes Yes, um, I mean, I think that's from Michelle Barker as well, uh, a very like kind of vocal um, person in the green engineering space. Um, definitely going to be seeing a lot more of green engineering um, from us next year. Um, the conference specifically has a talk um, surrounding green engineering, so definitely keep an eye out for that too. Nice. Um, and finally in November, um, Sarah Sedan's um, Practical Accessibility course launched. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. Um, Sarah is an absolute force of nature in the industry. Um, she's launched a new, uh, a new course called Practical Accessibility. Um, it's, I think it's open for pre-order now, but there's loads of nuggets and takeaways from that. If you want to really kind of get clued up on how to make more accessible apps and, and sites, um, accessibility is often the thing that we sack off um, and it needs to not be that way because ultimately it's blocking out a huge demographic from using your your software properly 100 percent, yeah very very important stuff um that brings us on to december which has been pretty busy yes <laughs> i went to vegas for reinvent there's an episode on that so i won't bore you too much but advent of code as well which i've already mentioned yeah started off great and now i'm behind <laughs> <laughs> i'm so behind um but a big thing for me was uh, Sarah Drosner launched, finally launched her Engineering Management for the Rest of Us book, <sighs> which I've got the beautiful hard copy version of. Oh, have you? And it's nice. I, it feels nice. <laughs> I, we've been waiting for this for a while because me and you share a bit of a reading list, don't we? Yes. And, um, and we've been saying, I can't wait for this to launch because Sarah is incredibly vocal on all the networks about her experience and, and, and what she thinks is... Um, not the right way to do things, but kind of, you know, just some really good advice from someone that's lived and breathed that experience. And this book, just like it's, it looks like it's written for us. <laughs> yeah. There's a free sample on the website. Um, I think a lot of the content is adapted from a bunch of podcast, uh, not podcasts, blog posts. Yeah. But yeah, definitely worth getting on Amazon. I, I, I'm I using the Kindle now. You got me on to Kindle. Yeah. But you think the hardback's worth it. It's a nice... I, I quite like a physical book as well. Yeah. I just promise I just get them all like full of grease and everything. So they just hang around the kitchen with me and stuff. Sometimes I'll read across both like oh, okay. a psychopath. Yeah. I, I can't get my head around that. <laughs> so I'll, yeah, I, I track my reading using Basmo, which is like a reading, Strava for reading, basically. Right, okay. And then know what page I'm on. And yeah. I can switch between different things. I see. But yeah, well, not for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think that's too crazy for me. <laughs> um, and what else happened in December? Google is switching to a continuous scroll, which is interesting. I um, saw someone saying... Um, if the results were good enough, you wouldn't have to do that. Like Google is not what it used to be and all that sort of stuff. Um, um, yeah, maybe, but 
I think there's just a lot of stuff on the internet. It doesn't have to be the first 10 results. I mean, to be honest, you probably don't go past the first couple of pages anyway, do you really? So, no. Um, so a continuous scroll makes sense. Uh, I'm surprised it's taken them this long to do that, to be honest. Are you okay? I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's got the lurgies this month. So yeah, that's another thing that happened. Yeah, I am... Um, I, yeah, <laughs> another thing that happened in December. Everyone got ill. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going around. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. It yeah. kind of just lingers for months, or well, not months, but weeks. It yeah. feels like months. I've seen people with all sorts of illnesses. You know, the flu's definitely worse this year, it seems, and COVID's obviously still not gone uh, anywhere. So, yeah, hope hope everyone's faring up well through this incredibly difficult <laughs> period. Um, but we also had the. 25 years since Microsoft front page 98. Um, so I actually built my first website in front page. Um, it was called downloadace.com <laughs> and I got a free domain name from, I think it's called Zero something. Right. Um, and they were giving out free.com. It's like, yeah, early internet, just burn loads of investor cash. <laughs> yeah. We're going to give out free domain names and figure it out later. Yeah. But yeah, I was really excited. Um and yeah, I also made a website called Fun Polls, which got me a very uh, interesting school report. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, uh, which was one of many reasons why I ended up getting banned from the school computers. Uh, but <laughs> I was, um, I heard I mentioned, I mentioned this, but I was, I was howling when you sent me the report that got sent to your, your mum and dad's house, yeah. which was you being told off for making some poll software on your own time. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it goes to show that you've always had that kind of pioneering yeah. spirit in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's another situation where a teacher called me in and asked me what my name was. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's James, obviously. He's like, oh, it's not William Hill then. Because uh, I was running some sort of... Uh, Football, betting, thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I love, I, I love that, um, that that thing where the teacher thinks they're an absolute comedian. When they bring... <laughs> he's been thinking that all week, hasn't <laughs> yeah. he? Like, he's, he's got today's gonna be down. I'm gonna call him in. <laughs> I'm gonna say it to him. Um, also, uh, in December, Parallax had an absolutely cracking time at the uh, I don't know how you meant to say it, awards. Yeah. We got sight of the day, which is really nice Fantastic. for Hexagon and the Nexus Portal stuff. Uh, we got a Beamer Bronze Award. In the Trailblazer category, we've got CSS website of the day. Um, yeah, FWA of the day. Amazing. That's still going. Absolutely cleaned up then. Yeah, loads of stuff. Um, we also launched Chatloop, which is social media browser that I keep plugging. Yeah. Um, and Brass Monkey, which is a premium um, ice bath. Oh, okay. Joe Wicks has got one. Oh, no. Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen them. I almost bought one. Uh, but then I realised I don't need to be any colder than I am. Don't know how much I could say under NDA, but it's very cool and it's on the internet now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so take a look. <laughs> there will be an, well, there's an app on the App Store. It looks really swish. Nice. And that, and that was us. Um, so yeah, check um, it out. Chat loop is that is that in public beta now? Yes. Yeah. yeah, you can download that from the App Store and the Play Store. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's looking really good. Um, a bunch of other stuff launching as well. So we're going to do a bit of a roundup parallax post. Nice. We'll yeah. chuck that in the show notes, I guess, then, if, uh, if well, I'm sure that'll be published in the next few days, right? Yeah, absolutely. So. Nice. Um, and that's the year. That's, that's all 12 months of goodness. Um, it's been a good one, hasn't it? I think uh, it's been nice. I, I've certainly enjoyed doing these these podcasts more with you. Uh, yeah. we, we've actually kept some sort of regularity, which is nice. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, and it just helps us 
collect our thoughts and yeah, so. <laughs> figure out what we think about stuff. But yeah, it's been a really good year. Yeah. So I guess thanks for being our rubber ducks in that in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for sticking with us, and uh, I hope you have a fantastic time with your with your families over the over the Christmas period. I'm sure me and Maria will have a good time winding down after a very long year. Have a lovely Christmas. Yeah. All right. Have a good one, mate. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. And that's us for this year. Thanks for sticking with us. And as always, hit subscribe to get more episodes from us in the future. Have a fantastic holiday break and we'll see you in the new year.